is I like that time when I come, when I stand, I kind of get ready and I look out and I see, see our faces and I see the interaction going on. <coughs> and I just ponder, I'm like, God, what, what are you doing? That's always a good question to ask, isn't it? God, what are you doing? Because we're doing what we're doing and we want to partner with what you're doing, actually. We want to really hear you and hear your voice and your leading. Because the Holy Spirit, because God's always up to something. And he's always leading because he's the good shepherd, right? And the good shepherd doesn't leave the sheep alone. The good shepherd leads us into pastures green. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul and he's leading us. And he's speaking to our very lives here and right now, today, Sunday morning, Carrot College Academy. And he's leading. He's taking us places and he's speaking and he's revealing himself to us. And if we would but tune in, if we would but just take the time which we have to get outside of our beds and our houses and come here, which is the box ticked, but if we would but just tune in. You remember us older folks, the old radios, wasn't all digital then, and, you pre- and you're kind of just tuning in to hear the sound of the radio coming through. If we would but tune in. What is he doing? What is he saying? What is he revealing to us? And what is he doing in our lives? We pick up this series uh, called Apprenticeship to Jesus. And we've said this most weeks that there was uh, the elite, the best of the best. They were called the Talmudine. They were the ones who were selected to uh, apprentice themselves under a rabbi and go into intense training. And that's really what Jesus modeled with his 12 He said, come follow me, come spend time with me, hang out with me, and you will learn from me, and you will become like me. And that's what we've been looking at over the last number of weeks. We've been talking about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing the things that Jesus does. And uh, I want us to go back a few weeks, because I want us to pick up on something. And... uh, It comes from these words from Luke. Luke records them in Luke 6. and It's where Jesus says, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And in these words, Jesus is implying fully trained. It is possible. It is possible for those 12 disciples that Jesus came and he came to these average men and said if you would come follow me and copy me and learn from me you will do even greater things than I it is possible it is and yet what we said just a number of weeks ago is that many of us if we've been following Jesus for any amount of time many of us get to points in our lives where we just feel stuck we just feel like oh Things aren't just moving in that Godward direction. I just don't see me becoming more like you, actually. And I'm doing, I'm being faithful. I'm rocking up the church every week. I'm even going to a life group. I'm even serving on a team. I'm even giving financially. But I just don't see so much change going on in my life. And I just feel stuck in a rut. And I want us to look at something some way in which we could just move on, some way in which we could just glimpse and, and, and allow God to change us even more, that we would become even more like him. And it's not a golden bullet. It's not a quick fix. It's not a fast track to becoming. But it is, or should I say he is, 
and has the power to change us. It is the Holy Spirit. Michelle Scott, when she came a number of weeks ago, she, she began to say this. She said, if we're going to change, if we're going to become like him, we need the Holy Spirit to change us, to shape us, to move us, to make us more like him. And that's what I really want to really push. Not push, that's wrong. God never pushes. Invite, because that's everything that God always does, is he invites, and we're inviting you to participate in receiving the presence and the power, the life-changing power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We're going to pick up on some verses that we talked about four weeks ago from 2 Corinthians 3 in a moment. And in there we find this Greek word metamorpho. It's where we get the, the word metamorphosis to change. And our best example is the wee caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. Metamorpho, to change. And we find that word four times in the Bible, it's in the New Testament. Twice uh, in the Gospels, Matthew and Mark, when they both record the Mount of Transfiguration. The most incredible encounter, you can imagine it, with the, his closest three disciples. Takes them up and Jesus is completely radically in that moment. You see the glory of God come upon Jesus in that moment. That metamorpho described the transformation that they saw at the Mount of Transfiguration. The other time we see it is in Romans 12 too, a well-quoted verse, rightly so, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds is such a massive part to play in our discipleship and apprenticeship to Jesus. And maybe at some point, maybe we'll, we'll do some teaching in around the minds and actually how it influences and affects so much of who we are. But not today, because today we're looking at the other moment, and that is in 2 Corinthians 3. The word metamorpho is translated transformed, and we'll find it at the end of this passage. We're going to read a passage together. It's a number of verses. I've said this before. Whenever we read the Bible, I know when I read the Bible, or someone reads it publicly, we'll see the verses there. I switch off. I yawn. I play on my phone. and I kind of, So I'm asking you now, tune in. Tune into the words, and I'm going to read it sort of slowly so that we can try and capture it just a wee bit and then hopefully do some teaching off the back of it. We're uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 to 18. It comes up here. If you have a Bible, who brings a Bible to church? A paper version. Two, four, five people. Wow. Who has the Bible on their phones? Who doesn't have the Bible at all in the place? <laughs> Judith. <laughs> it's written on your heart. We're coming there. It's, it's coming, it's coming. Sure, you could just stand up and read this then, couldn't you? <laughs> Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory, transitory even, though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Question. 
Paul continues to write, if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. It is God's word, inspired by him, written and documented by people, translated into our language, that we would read it today, and that through God's word, empowered by the Holy Spirit, it has the power to change our lives. Literally, if we would but be hearers of the word and doers of what it says, empowered by the Holy Spirit, thanks be to God for his word. I remind ourselves of what I've already said in our apprenticeship to Jesus. There are many of us in this room desire to be more like him, to allow God to change us from the inside out. And yet many of us just feel stuck. How do I move on? What, what needs to happen? What needs to change? Many of us struggle actually reading the Bible and being disciplined to spending some time and actually opening it. Sometimes when you do... We read it and go, oh, right, that's nice. But it doesn't really have the opportunity to deeply penetrate our lives and, and hear from the Lord. May I suggest that in these words that Paul is writing, that we glimpse and we see what really is at hand, what is available to us, what is on offer. And it's through the person of the Holy Spirit. Paul references the word glory 14 times in this passage. When a word is often quoted so many times, it's meaning he's trying to make a point here. Glory, simply translated in our understanding, is his presence. I've said this before, when the presence of Jesus shows up, everything changes. And I don't know about you, but I cannot live my life without his presence. We need his presence in our lives. Otherwise, we're on our own. We need his life-changing presence in our lives.
we pick up this passage where Paul is making an incredible comparison between the old and now the new. Between the old covenant and the new covenant. And simply what that means is the Old Testament is really about the old covenant, this promise, covenant meaning promise between God and his people. And God came and he promised himself to his people and in so doing gave what was known as the Ten Commandments. And they were given earlier to the passage which we're going to look at in a minute in Exodus chapter 20 where God speaks to Moses and reveals himself to Moses. says, this is how, if you're to have a relationship with me, live by these rules and you will do well. And the new covenant which we have in Jesus fulfills the law. So it doesn't do away with the law and say, actually, that was, a, those, that was a bad idea. It was a good idea. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. And it's through the presence of the Holy Spirit that comes that we now have uh, this kind of life. Paul is uh, referencing uh, Moses. And he's referencing the, the verses that we find in chapters uh, 33 and 34 of Exodus. It's where Paul, uh, where Paul, where Moses uh, goes up Mount Sinai and he interacts and engages with God literally and comes before his glory. And in fact, Moses requests that he would see God literally. And God says, uh, yes, I will show you my presence, but my face you cannot see. Moses says in 33.18, show me your glory. And God grants that request. But knowing that if he fully showed him his complete self, it would be enough to take his life. Because his glory, because his majesty, because his power was so great that in order for him to see him in that way would be too much. And so God comes up with a plan. And 33.22 says, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you'll see my back, but my face must not be seen. And so God allows this to happen. Moses is hidden in the cleft of a rock, the crack within a rock really, and God's glory literally passes by and he glimpses and he sees. He encounters and he sees the presence of God, literally. Moses' response is to bow down and worship. What an incredible posture. Whenever we see his presence, that we fall face down. Matt Redman, who many of you will have heard of and known of, he's a, uh, a worship leader, a great writer of incredible worship songs which have influenced uh, the body of Christ the world over. And uh, he's, he wrote these words. He said, when we face up to the glory of God, we find ourselves face down in worship. As a writer of worship songs, I have a hunger to write deep songs of passionate reverence to God. Yet I'm aware I cannot sing before I have seen. All worship is a response to a revelation. It's only as we breathe in more of the wonders of God that we can breathe out a fuller response to him. The key to a life of passionate and powerful worship comes from seeing God. We need to see him. We need to see his presence. We need to see his glory. 
And it's the power to change us. Many of us are stuck. We're going around our lives doing whatever we're doing. But we need to posture our lives in such a way as we're saying, God, I need you. I want to see you. I want to hear from you. I want to receive from you. When Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the covenant law in the hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses. His face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. And so for a period of time, Moses has to wear this veil when he's around the folks. Imagine that. Imagine I'm standing up here with like this piece of cloth or something over my face because the radiance of God because he'd seen the Lord he'd seen him with his eyes and this is the comparison that Paul is writing about coming back to our 2 Corinthians passage he's making this comparison that whilst that was incredible and amazing came with great glory how much more glorious now in the new covenant What's the difference between the old and the new? I think there's lots of things we could talk about theologically. But the most significant thing is what Jesus promised his disciples and what they received when he left them at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we read that the Holy Spirit came upon certain people for certain tasks. The prophets, Bezalel, who made lots of things out of his hands. Moses, who speaks on behalf of people. The Holy Spirit came upon certain people. The Holy Spirit comes to all of us now and is available to all. Paul writes this, The ministry that brought death and condemnation came with glory. The ministry of the Ten Commandments came with glory, but no one could follow it. We can't follow the law. We can't follow the Ten Commandments in our own strength. And people for generations were trying and trying and trying, and yet it brought death and condemnation, but it still came with glory. The law of the Old Testament, no one could live up to it just brought condemnation and death. But this now surpassing glory brings righteousness and brings life. May I suggest that some of us are not experiencing this kind of life that we're talking about simply because some of us are living in the old covenant. We're not living in the new covenant. And I'll pick up on that in a moment. Secondly, Paul points out that the old ways was transitory, meaning it happened, but it passed. It faded. With time, Moses' face, the radiance would have worn off. But for us today, the Holy Spirit comes and it lasts. Some of us here this morning, you probably could say, you could maybe think back to a time when you really encountered God. 
And you, maybe it was when you first became a Christian. Maybe it was like, wow, that was a, a life-changing moment and something happened within you and that was it. Maybe it was later when you first were filled with the Holy Spirit and that could have been actually sometime after when you first said yes to Jesus. But we should not be a people that just look back and go, oh yes, in 1992 I did such and such and God did that. Wow, wasn't that great? We should be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. Folks, we give opportunity for it every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, we invite you to receive from Him. And many of you don't receive. And many of you don't respond. And I have some suspicions why. And I think probably the single biggest reason is fear. Fear of looking foolish, walking to the front in front of your loved one. Fear of others thinking things about you. Oh my goodness, he must be desperate. He's gone out of the front. Fear of what God might say or do. Just fear. And there could be other reasons too. But folks, if we want God really to change us, to become more like Jesus, we have to posture our lives in such a way. We have to give him access. Now, I'm not saying that the magic only happens at the front. And I'm using the word magic deliberately, like as some deliberate, oh, only, no, that's ridiculous. It can happen where you're seated. It can happen in your bed. It can happen on the way to work. Because we have access to the Holy Spirit anywhere and everywhere. We can minister to ourselves. No, we can't. We can allow God to minister to ourselves on our own. It's about posture. It's about hunger. It's about placing ourselves where, like Moses was saying, we want to see your glory. We want it. We want it. God, we're making a wreck of our life. We need you. We are desperate for you. And it isn't one encounter. It's, it lasts. The Spirit, I said at the very beginning, is speaking, is wooing us, is leading us the whole time. We just need to spend that time. What are you saying, God? Where are you leading us? Oh, God, come. I need that part in my life right now. The fruits of the Spirit are what they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the rest. We need the Holy Spirit in us to make us more like that. If we don't, it's just we're trying really hard, like the Old Testament, like the commandments. Where are we in the notes? We're somewhere. The veil is removed. Paul discusses the veil that covered Moses' face. But he writes that today the same veil covers the hearts of people whose minds are dull so that the Old Testament, when it's read, it still covers the hearts. And in many ways is referencing to those of, of Jewish belief, of understanding that they're still blinded to the truth, of, uh, revealed 
of who Jesus really is. This same veil can still cover our hearts and still can prevent us from what God is really wanting to say to us. How many of us still approach him with a veil between the two? How many of us come before him and just like, oh no, I can't come before you, I'm this, I'm that. And we just squirm in front of him when Jesus is beckoning us and saying, that veil that prevents from seeing me was torn in two. That veil that was in literally in the temple, which prevented mankind from coming into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, that point, that portion, that place within the temple where God's presence was so, so strong. The veil was torn in two when Jesus breathed his last. Why? Because he's giving us access to him. He's welcoming us into right relationship with him, regardless of who we are, regardless of what we've done, regardless of what we think and say and do. Jesus still is inviting us, and there is no veil that prevents us from entering into his presence. Folks, we need to be people of his presence. We need to be people that receive his Holy Spirit. Paul concludes this passage by writing, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed, that's the word, metamorpho, into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We want to become like Jesus, we need to be with Jesus. And we do that as we receive from Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. What are the areas of our lives that we just feel stuck in? What is it that God's speaking to us about? May I suggest that we place ourselves upon him and receive from him. Zechariah writes this, And this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, trying really hard, not by trying to fulfill the Ten Commandments, doing good, being that. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need his Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus. This transformation is not about behavior modification It is about a complete and utter transformation. Over the last number of years in the car industry, we have seen a number of older cars being resurrected and brought back to the fore. Some of us have them. The Fiat 500 is is wonderfully resurrected. Some of us have had the new VW Beetle, but this morning I thought I'd show an image of the old Mini, and hopefully it should be there for you to see. Anyone have one of those? An old one, I mean. Yes, you did. Okay, great. There you go. Isn't it wonderful that we have the new Mini? It's a bit of a difference, right? It's the same name. It probably isn't the same owner. That's probably changed many times. 
so that you can see the same features, can't you? But it's been radically transformed into something far more glorious. And God is like the potter, and we're the clay, and he's wanting to shape us and form us and make us into the transformed life that he promises for us. But folks, we can't do it. The Holy Spirit is the one who does it.